You're listening to You've Got This, Q&A number 79. I'm Katie Linder, host of You've Got This. Each week, I post a Q&A episode to answer questions related to surviving and thriving in an academic life. You can email, tweet, or comment in the show notes to ask a question that could be featured on the show. Now, on to today's question. On this week's Q&A, I'm answering a question that I received via email from Daryl. And Daryl says, since I've been impressed by how you reached your goal of making a substantial percentage of your income through speaking engagements, what have you done in the past and what do you currently continue to do to attract paid speaking engagements? So um, Daryl, this is a really good question. And I want to first point you to another podcast I have that I co-host with my colleague Sarah Langworthy called Academic Gig, where we are currently um, about to release season two as I record this and release um, this particular episode. Um, But season one, we talk about things like um, attracting clients. So um, this is a podcast that's all about kind of small business, academic freelancing. And if you haven't encountered it yet, you might want to check that out. And anyone else listening, if that's something that you're kind of interested in, I created that other podcast um, so that I would have an avenue to talk about it. But I thought that this was a really interesting question, Daryl, so I wanted to address it directly as well. And I thought it could be helpful to hear about like the last couple of speaking engagements that I had. How did I get those speaking engagements? Because it actually is kind of, um, for some of them, a long and winding story. So let me first talk about the pathway to a couple of recent things that I've been booking. So last year, I'll take you all the way back to last year. There was a listserv post that came out on one of the listservs that I'm on, and somebody was asking about training for grant writing. And I had done a little bit of training in this area um, in a previous job and have been kind of gaining experience in grant writing over some period of time now. And so I responded with a quick note that said, um, this is something that I have some experience in. Let me know if you want to talk more. Like, it was a very quick response. It was not a formal proposal. Um, It was definitely not anything that was more than maybe five minutes of my time. Well, that person did end up emailing me back, and um, they ended up booking me for a day and a half of workshops with their faculty on grant writing. And this involved me creating kind of a newer curriculum for them. Like, this was something that was tailored to their campus. And this also happened to be in New York. So, um, and if you don't currently know, I'm in Oregon. So kind of a trek to to go out and do this workshop for a couple of days. So um, because I knew I was going to be out in that area, and I don't typically go to the East Coast on a super regular basis, I ended up cold emailing some people that I knew in New York um, back kind of from my days in faculty development And I said, I'm going to be in your area. Are you interested in having me come out? So I actually emailed them. I didn't wait for them to email me. And that resulted in a couple of people booking me for um, workshops and keynotes while I was in New York. So there are two strategies here, and both of them involved pitching myself. So that's something I think that's important to know. Then one of the schools that I spoke at when I was in New York, that person recommended me to a colleague in St. Louis for the keynote that I gave when I was at her school. 
And so someone in St. Louis reached out to me and said, you know, you've been recommended to come and keynote our conference. Can you come and do a keynote and maybe some workshops for this conference that we're doing? So I booked that speaking gig in St. Louis. Well, I did the same strategy in St. Louis that I did in New York, which is I reached out to people, some that I knew, some that I didn't know super well, and said, I'm going to be in your area. Do you maybe want to book me while I'm there for keynotes or workshops? And typically when I do this, I offer a little bit of a discounted price and everybody shares on travel costs. So it's a nice kind of bonus for anyone who hires me if I'm already going to be in that city because they get me to come for cheaper than what I would typically cost. So I went ahead and got two additional bookings from that and ended up doing basically almost a week's worth of events while I was in St. Louis. Well, while I was in St. Louis, I happened to know um, that one of my former faculty that I was in grad school with lives in St. Louis and works at a school in St. Louis and not at one of the schools that I was being booked at. And so I emailed her and said, do you want to maybe go to dinner? because I'm going to be in town and it'd be great to catch up and kind of hear what's going on. So while we were at dinner, um, she was asking about some of my consulting work and some of the work that I've been doing with speaking. And she ended up recommending me to someone at her institution because they had some needs for professional development with their junior faculty around writing and publication. So then that person reached out to me and has requested that I put together a proposal and maybe come out and speak um, on their campus this fall. So that's just one strand of speaking engagements, but you can hear how they're all kind of tied together in terms of um, how one kind of led into something else, but also that some of them really came from me being proactive about letting people know that I do certain things in certain areas And I certainly have found that the more that you speak, the more that people find out that you speak, and the most important thing you can do is to speak well, because then people recommend you and you get kind of picked up in these other areas. So the other recent speaking engagements that I have been booked for, um, and this is, I think, another strategy that's really key, are both tied to my second book on blended course design. So, um, and this is something that I um, speak about, I would say, well more than half. The majority of my speaking right now is probably tied to that book. Um, I have a keynote that is kind of loosely tied to that, that I consider to be kind of my signature talk um, that people typically hire me for. And I have a series of workshops um, that people can do based on that book. And also typically that can result in a bulk sale of the book if I'm going to do a workshop. Um, Typically they will buy the book for the people coming to the workshop. So that's the other kind of strategy that I think is really um, key is that I have marketed and advertised myself as someone who not only is an author, but offers events and speaking around the books that I write. And as I develop um, new books and publish new books, I will typically create workshops or um, some kind of uh, speaking offer that is tied to the topic of that book in case anybody wants to hire me to come out um, and talk specifically about something related to something I have previously published. Now, the other thing that I think is um, another kind of strategy that I've been employing, particularly in the last year, is the webinars that I've been doing. And the webinars end up being a relatively um, 
inexpensive way for people to to basically take me for a test drive. If they've not seen me speak in live, you know, like at a conference or something along those lines, um, they would maybe be able to come to a webinar, see kind of the quality of the slide design, the structure of the presentation. They get a little bit of a sense for my personality, um, how I answer questions, just kind of what I'm like as a presenter. And I've had several people reach out to me um, based on just seeing the webinars. And sometimes it's resulted in a tailored webinar that somebody wants for their campus, not necessarily a live speaking engagement. So all of this has basically resulted in um, I'm actually not taking any more bookings for 2018. Um, As I record this, this is the end of February. So we're about two months in. And I'm technically basically booked um, for the rest of the year. And it's not a lot um, of speaking engagements because I've, this is an area of my business I've been trying to kind of um, get under control a little bit in terms of, of not speaking as much and, and diversifying the revenue in other areas. Um, but I would say right now I have three or four speaking engagements booked for the first half of the year, and then um, potentially another three or four booked for the latter half of the year. Not all of these are cemented yet, but I've had enough interest and um, people have kind of given verbal agreements um, that they want to move forward that I am no longer taking active bookings for 2018. Um, So I think that I found a good mix of putting myself out there and then also letting people spread kind of word of mouth recommendation have been the most helpful things. But also I think because I'm creating content on a regular basis, like webinars, blog posts, um, and the newsletter that I put out as well, people understand that I'm available um, for speaking, except for right now when I posted a message on my website saying I'm not available until 2019. Um, But I think that part of it is just letting people know that you do this work and that you are hireable. Um, And then when you do the work, doing it really well so that you start to get some of that word of mouth. So Daryl, I hope that's helpful in um, helping you to kind of think about this. The other thing I think that's really useful to know is um, I have been speaking now for several years. So I think that there's definitely a buildup over time of people being aware of you doing um, speaking. And also the more speaking you do, the more people that are out there that could potentially kind of network on your behalf and recommend you. So this is certainly not something that I've just started doing. Um, It's something that I've been doing for quite some time. And also I've done it kind of regionally on two different coasts now because I used to live on the East Coast and now I live on the West Coast. Um, And I certainly speak all over the country, but I think that um, that's something that can also help you build up your reputation is just getting started in your local area and then eventually kind of branching out to other parts of the U.S. as well. So please feel free to ask additional follow-up questions, Daryl, if you have them, or if anyone else who's listening has additional questions about getting those speaking engagements and letting people know that you're available, I'm happy to answer those questions as well. Thanks for checking in with this week's question. I'm Katie Linder. I'll be back next week answering another one. Show notes and transcripts for each episode of You've Got This can be found at YGT for You've Got This podcast.com. That's YGTpodcast.com. To comment on today's show, suggest a topic for me to discuss, or ask a question that could be featured in a future episode, connect with me on Twitter at Katie double underscore Linder or at YGT underscore podcast. 
You can also connect with me by emailing feedback at ygtpodcast.com. In addition to You've Got This, you can also hear from me each week on the Research in Action podcast and the Anatomy of a Book podcast, available in iTunes, and via the Academic Creative weekly email newsletter. Subscribe to this newsletter at katielinder.work to receive an essay focused on topics like productivity, resilience, and creativity delivered directly to your inbox each week. If you want to learn more about my work and projects, visit my website, katielinder.work. Thanks for listening.